Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. I actually, I have a surprise for you. I took an intensive comedy and game design course this week, and now I know something about comedy and game design. Well, so you balance you balance out me then, who still know nothing about comedy or game design. No, I'm just I'm just fucking with you. I don't know anything about those things either. So, in having said that, let's do some of each of them. <laughs> uh, hopefully, in you know relatively equal parts. I think we're going to play a little game we like to call Click Pitch. This is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click. We're going to each get a new word, read them out loud, and we're going to turn those words into a delicious, tasty, craveable game design. And uh, we'll do it a bunch of times. Awesome. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Saving. Revision. What what came to mind immediately is some sort of- uh, some sort of game where you can like load a previous save and yeah, I'm th- I'm thinking something along the lines of version control. Yeah, um, like you're you're in sort of like a, a very small sort of section. You you make lots of auto saves as as you sort of go, but you can sort of go back and and fix um, problems that you had in the in the past. Yeah, in a very you, know, you can visual kind of way. Yeah, yep. in a very visual kind of way where you can. And, and I know we've done some things sort of similar to this around, like, yeah. time traveling and dying and regoing or whatever, but this is very much, you have control over this time stream in, in such a in such a way that you can, yeah, you can see these past save points and maybe even dig into them to kind of see, like, the flags that are set. Like, it's you solved, you know, yep. you solved this, you did that, you did that. And, yeah, you have to- I- I kind of like the that any experience that you have throughout the game, you continue that experience, and you, and if you go back to an earlier save point, your character is actually still as leveled as what it was, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in the highest save game, sort of thing. Yeah, and it basically creates almost like a branching path. Yes. Yeah. Well. It w- yeah. Exactly. And so you spend your time. You know, you may be going through a relatively limited sort of area or like story sort of branding story tree or something, but you're replaying sections so that you can, because, because I wonder, you know, you brought up version control. If you you kind of, you're trying to create the perfect run by merging branches (laughs) without conflicts. Right. So it may be that in one run, you can't, you know, do the seven different things that you need to do. Uh, but if you do four of them in one run and three of them in the other and then merge those branches, now you're moving forward as if you'd done them all in one run. Yep. Yep. I love that. Uh, it's, but it's you have to- Sort you- of SVN and Git and that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, you're sort of, you're committing something, but you can merge those commits later mm-hmm. on. Like mm-hmm. as long as there's no conflicts, like you killed someone in this one and you didn't kill them in this one, that's a conflict that- that yes. has to be resolved exactly. By- well, you may be doing the. Maybe you just can't. Maybe you just block that uh, merge uh, in this game. There's no actual conflict resolution other than creating a new branch that can be merged. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's kind of cool. And and so it's all about figuring out what those conflicts would be, uh, 
and and yeah, you're sort of making those decisions in a way because it's not even necessarily that killing someone in one and not in the other would be a conflict because surely you know that they just well, I guess it would be yeah, I guess it would. Be it depends if they're an M- if they're an NPC or whether they're just like you know some sort of random. Yeah, random I, I guess to merge something, you have to have only you can't have altered the same kind of. Uh, flag or same sort of kind of setting or whatever decision within both branches. Or if you have, then you get to select which flag you actually want to keep going through. So, say you, you went through and- Or well, maybe you've got a limited supply of like whatever it is that resolves conflicts like that. And yeah, you get to select which branch that 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 decision comes from, but you're using- a, Like it's some sort of power that you use up. Because otherwise, yeah. I think it makes it too easy. Because if you just- if you can just merge everything and get the best of everything, uh, then then that's too easy. But if you're having to make decisions about, oh, shit, like, I did these two runs. One of them was really good, but I, you know, accidentally killed a bunch of people. Uh, and I want to merge these branches, but I've only got three, like, conflict tokens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I can only save three of them and, and alter the timeline. <laughs> To commit that branch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like any, the idea. Any, any software developers can- out there or anyone who's used version control is just loving this, but everyone else yep. is probably a bit confused. Yeah, but um, I, I think if we if we explain it well enough that pretty much at any time during the game, you realize, oh, actually, I needed this flag set earlier. So, you can sort of go back and, and fix that up. You create yeah, a- you yeah. create a- a, a branch that sort of goes off and then you can sort of merge that in, um, you know, having reset those flags. Yeah, well, I think the key would very much be making it very obvious when a sort of a decision or a flag has been set that that um, can be merged, right? Because yeah. it's not, it's obviously not every little path and every little whatever. It's particular things within no. the world. It's maybe, yeah, particular um, choices made in a dialogue or- um, you know, NPCs living or dying. And yeah, I think you very much, you're creating a world here then when in a single run, you can definitely fuck things up so that you cannot go further or that you can't get certain endings or whatever uh, yep. because because a quest item was destroyed or uh, an NPC was killed or you made the wrong decision back there. But yeah, the whole point is let, then you go, oh, okay, well, do, 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 or right, I'm going to create a branch off there, keep playing. You don't, obviously don't want to actually have to play the rest of the game up to that point, but as long as you do it right and merge the conflicts correctly, you've now altered the timeline. Yeah. So, even though, you know, your flag basically that you originally set, which was, you know, break the coffee cup and that, that enabled you to talk to someone, but mm. by not breaking the coffee cup, you couldn't talk to that someone to get this other flag set. But yeah, the yeah. fact that you've already got that flag set, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, you, the flag was set, that was, that was the main thing. You know, yes, so you can yeah, continue it doesn't on. actually create pa- like paradoxes in that yep. way, uh, yep. because you're sort of just altering what did happen, and 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 but yeah, you're able to you're able to merge them in that way. I wonder though if you can have some sort of outcome to that where, like, yeah, if if there was a dependent flag, right? So breaking the coffee cup to talk to this person, you can't mm-hmm. in one in a single run, you can't talk to that person without breaking the coffee cup. But you've obviously done a merged, a merge, and you have all, you have now simultaneously in the past not broken this 
coffee cup and talk to this person. I wonder if you can then like have the people in the world refer back to that in some way and like get confused because yep, they're like, they remember wait, both. How- yeah, well, they, they are both instances. Well, no, I think they just they they remember what like what your final merge is, but it it doesn't actually make sense to them, right? Because how could you have talked to them if you hadn't broken the coffee cup? Uh, yep. So yeah, if you bring that up in a uh, in a conversation tree, I mean, you could even make that a mechanic. It's like you have to sort of remember those little dependencies, and it, because maybe it like tears the timeline apart in some way if you poke at it too much and like have yep. people remember it or try to make sense of it yeah i kind of like the idea of of you know you're seeing sort of stretching at the seams sort of thing and and things maybe like pulling in from the from the outside of the screen yeah, like yeah. As, you, as you start talking about these things but sometimes you may have to actually you know press a little bit and get pretty mm. close to to almost breaking it well maybe that gives you maybe yeah maybe there's some sort of feedback loop there where that's the sort of thing you have to do to get these conflict tokens to be yep. able to- Because basically what with a conflict token, you're like forcing a change in the timeline in some way. Um, yep. And so, it's kind of, yeah, it's this, it's this power, it's this resource that you maybe have to get by, yeah, like- Yeah. Bit these, of risk versus decisions. reward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like it. That's that's, that's cool. really cool. That's really cool. Okay. Three, we'll call two, it, one click. We'll call it a rebase. <laughs> <laughs> Shock. Wine. With an H? No, just wine as in wine. As in the drinkable drink. stuff. As in rotten grapes. Yep, so I'm thinking what's what's the worst shock that you can have when having wine? Well, that wine is no longer wine, it's now vinegar. So, I think it's sort of like one of those, um, maybe it's an adventure game where, you, where you're like, uh, I can't remember how you actually say it. But, you know, like the, the sommelier, sommelier, of- sommelier, yeah, sommelier or yeah. something. The smellier. <laughs> smellier. <laughs> um, I, I like the the idea that you you come into this this restaurant and and you're you're their new hire and you go downstairs and into the wine cellar and it turns out that um like the air conditioning down there or the or the you know the um. The humidity, like it's basically like a climate control sort of thing down there, is is basically on the on the fritz, and it's incredibly warm down there, and it's turned all the wine into vinegar. Okay, and it's now now about how you know you can you can <laughs> replace or oh, I or think disguise the flavor. Well, you, maybe you're just trying <laughs> to like convince people that that's what wine tastes like, and because they'll believe you because you tell them it's really fancy wine, and they're just like, mmm, I can really taste. You know, that uh, citrusy, very strong vinegary flavor in there. But I guess that's, you know, it's a hallmark of the 1973 Cabernet. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, just, I'm just imagining, you know, it's, it's like the worst nightmare. And you've and you got like this big wine tasting coming up and it's all these rich bastards. So, it's all about- <laughs> So, is it um, kind of a- um, is it maybe like a bit of a visual novel or, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it could be an adventure game. You could, you could base, you could have that as your setting for like a point and click. Yeah. And you sort of, you get, it's sort of a series of, yeah, like you, you meet the characters at the different tables and, and there are, there are different puzzles that you have to solve for each one, but most of them revolve or somewhat around 
com- yeah, like making them happy with their wine. Mm-hmm. And so one of them might literally be, yeah, um, replacing the wine with something else. One of them might be convincing them that this is what the wine is supposed to take like taste like. One of them might be that you have to like ring around or like do some sort of puzzle to get to replace a particular, you know, uh, very rare bottle or something. Yeah. Uh, so, one, one, you sort of go down to Liquorland and buy, like, a box of 12, you know, cheap reds, and you sort of mix them a little bit with the, with the vinegar just to get a little bit of the taste <laughs> into yeah. it. Yeah, you just got a goon bag that you're, like, <laughs> squishing into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining now that you you take the goon upstairs and you're like, yeah, this is this is a special, like, decanter. It, it just makes, <laughs> makes the- the wine oh, God. a little bit, but That's not it, too- yes. I, I love the idea of convincing fancy people that a goon bag is some, like, super <laughs> upper class, like, this is all the rage of how- It's pressurized. It's, yeah. You know- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look how shiny it's it all is. About force- it's, it's all about forcing air into the wine, <laughs> but in, in reality, it's just fruity Lexia and, and fucking- <laughs> Oh, that's great. I love that. So, all right, if that's kind of the- I mean, that feels like that, you know, the first kind of set of puzzles that you get after the introduction in a game like this, do we go into higher stakes in some way? Uh, I mean, it doesn't need to be like super crime or whatever. It could just be maybe your character wants to like run their own wine bar or something as like them kind of finding the way to do that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I I agree that it's not crime. What I kind of like the idea of is that you've almost been set up to fail by the owner of this restaurant, and you know he was actually doing this whole thing, you know, ruining the wine to oh, um, like collect on the insurance. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and so you know you've turned it round and and you know brought yeah. Brought this was going to be in. like your big opportunity to impress some big wigs. Uh, to yep. try to like invest in your new wine bar, and yeah, the boss has totally screwed you on it for for his own selfish, uh, selfish means. Um, but you're also able to chance. fix it, as in. But then, yeah, that the, so the puzzle is still keeping the respect of these people, uh, and uh, while dealing with this, uh, yep. and then yeah, I think then maybe the rest of the story is around building up this wine bar then like you come across other issues other issues and it and it all stems back to the um the owner is is literally causing these issues and right they're like basically coming the villain in. yeah yeah yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're also telling you off for for all these all these things but in reality they're causing these things to actually happen sort of thing right okay so it's uncovering that as well so you don't yeah. know right away that they turned off the uh, the climate control in the wine yep. cellar, uh, and it wasn't, and that one wasn't to screw with you. It just was because, yeah, they're, they're trying to do a shifty on the insurance. But when you then, when they see that you get the invest, you know, you get investment in this wine bar, and you, you know, you buy the building, and and then the next things are, yeah, like this, the 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 guy is sabotaging the building because he doesn't want the competition. Well, because what I'm thinking is, it's sort of like if you remember the, um, like the show, the producers. Um, you know, yeah, the, I know the general by raising yeah. too much cr- capital and all that sort of stuff. They and by doing a flop, they actually don't have to give a, give back all the money. But if if it becomes a success, then they've, yeah, um, yeah. I kind of like the idea that he's invested so much money into this 
thing, but the money that he's going to get back from, or he's borrowed so much money, but the money yep. he's going to get back from the insurance is actually going to cover that and then then more. Because, you know, it was only cheap, shitty wine that he had there anyway. Yeah, he's like, defrauding he, the insurance companies, presumably. Yep. Um, but then you come in and, and, you know, with your awesome goon bags and, <laughs> and <laughs> turn the whole thing around. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so his business doesn't fail. His business doesn't fail and he still already owes all this money yeah. back and he's it not going to be enough his, yeah. to actually it pay it back. It was going to be his ticket out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and so now, I like he's, the idea now that, he's fucking with you for revenge. And, and you know, trying to ruin your reputation and and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I just love the idea of that goon. It'd <laughs> <the goon laughs> be a good and, moment. It'd be a good moment. Um, uh, seeing all the all these, you know, um, hoity-toity sort of upper elite, all, all drinking, you know, fruity <laughs> Lexia. <laughs> they fucking were. Like, you could totally do that. Um, yeah, but I just kind of like that general idea of, you know, the kind of, uh, not, not super high stakes, just this person trying to reach their dream. And yeah, they come across this asshole who's sabotaging them, but the whole, you know, you make some friends and the whole game is just around reaching that goal of, of opening this bar. It's not, it's not this super epic journey. It's not saving the world. It's just a more personal story. Yeah. More personal story. And, you know, some intrigue and, and yeah. that sort of stuff to yeah. keep it all going. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Exclusion. Monochrome. This feels very much like- Pleasantville. Yeah, or I was just thinking some sort of, like, gameplay that, that uses black and white to- uh, to 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 occlude things or exclude things or but you're yeah, thinking but are that, you thinking narratively exclusion like yeah uh, I'm thinking narrative exclusion okay kind of kind of like the Pleasantville uh, way of yeah you know the that, the whole black and white for, the color yeah. allegory for racism and that sort of yeah. stuff uh, given that um if you remember that that game for oh, what was that game we, it was one of our early episodes that we that we talked with the developers of it. Um, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ninja one. Uh, yeah. And Ki- that was just Kiera black and white. Yeah. Kieru, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that obviously didn't end up getting made. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think a lot of people sort of came in with that. And really, that was, you know, the whole idea of- you Well, know, that's you very much white, that you can only- White ninja yeah. and you were on that side. It, you blend into the background. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very- Which it was, was a really, really cool idea. idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shame uh, that it didn't get made. Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's the game it was good industry fun for you. Playing it at, yeah, it was good fun playing it at PAX anyway. Those couple of times that we did. Yep. Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, I like the idea of the of the Pleasantville sort of story. Yeah, well, can we take this into a game space then? Like that sort of idea of nostalgia for the old days uh, and whether we full on go back to- to, uh, like I don't know what the equivalent of like if you actually go to monochrome games, then you're talking kind of text adventures or you know there's not much graphical in the way of of monochrome video games. But I'm kind of seeing it almost as if um, okay, if this was a say a first person shooter mm-hmm. and sort of s- starts in in like the nineteen the 1950s ish, sort of I'm picturing almost like a Leave It to Beaver sort of. 
you know, very vanilla sort of world. Oh, so you're going the that- full-on Pleasantville. My mind yeah, is going I'm, more to- I'm, I'm, I'm also talking, you know, an actual, like, action-adventure sort of thing. Well, okay. That- he- hear me out before you go f- too deep on that, because what mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking is we take that idea of Pleasantville where it's, it's, uh, it's nostalgia and, you know, I want to be back in the good old days. But in video games, the good old days are like Doom or something. Like you go back to the early 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And and so the game starts and it's full high res 3D, like current current gen stuff. And then you somehow, whatever happens, like you pick up the magic controller and get sucked into the game. And it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's like the sprites and- you know, the, the speed that you can move at and the, uh, I'm so, uh, there are only three buttons that I have to deal with. <laughs> but then, like in Pleasantville, like people start waking up, you know, to, to the realities of it and then they start popping into like high res. I don't know whether you've actually tried playing the original Doom recently, but I tried playing it a little while ago and it's really disconcerting because you can't look up and down. I know, I know. I mean, I think you'd- I think you do like they did with uh, the old school Wolfenstein in the new, the current in Wolfenstein games, uh, when you can play those Wolfenstein levels, where you'd basically give it the same controls, but you- Or Doom, how Doom did the exact same thing, that you could find a, a switch right, somewhere yes, in the level. Course, and yes, they did, yes. Yeah. But you're saying that you want to make that a little bit more of the actual- game that you get sucked into into like a video game system. Well, I think that's the story, sort right? Like it's it's yep. it's that same thing. You're basically doing a ripoff of Pleasantville except except with except for instead of TV, like which his, in itself is a ripoff of Tron. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Like Pleasantville the whole thing was he loved this show where it seemed like the world was simple in, you know, in that day and age. Uh and and you know, everything was black and white and everything was easy and there were no problems, but, you know, he gets there and the problems start to reveal themselves. So, yeah. I feel like there's a gamer <laughs> who is yeah. like, oh, all the problems of the world and, like, I don't want to deal with, uh, you know, leveling up, uh, you know, skill trees and, and DLC and loot boxes and whatever. Like, why can't we just go back to simple 2D sprites and- you know, all you had to do is shoot your way through or whatever. And then he get yep. they get there and at first it's amazing. Um, and they're talking to the people there and it's exactly what they hoped. But then it starts to come out that these people here have- Are actually, and here we go, three-dimensional beings. Like, they have more than one- More than two dimensions in their personalities. They've actually- <laughs> And as like they- all the zombies actually have, you know, families and some, all this yeah, sort of well, stuff. Yeah, well, really- you make it a bit of a parody- <laughs> But then that's that whole thing. Like in Pleasantville, as, you know, the mother or whatever, like, started coming to terms with her uh, sexuality and different things, like, she started to go into colour, that same thing happens. Like, as you literally flesh out these zombies, (laughs) uh, their, their, (laughs) like, personalities- um, they start like getting more polygons and bump maps, getting, getting, um, yeah, they're voiced now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I think you could really play with 
the idea around video game history. And they go through phases, right? Like first they they pop into like low, um, you know, low poly three D, uh, and you know, and then their textures get better, and then yeah, they get normal maps and. <laughs> Well, I'm, uh, I'm also imagining that, you know, you go through sort of like a lot of the old games were also um, kind of like with Duke Nukem, how it started off as like a 2D uh, sort of game. Well, Wolfenstein actually started out in Castle Wolfenstein as like an ASCII-based. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess it depends how far back you go. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I think this is, it's still somewhat of a shooter, but it becomes more of a. Um, not a walking sim as such, but it's very much character based. Um, yeah. and, and ironically, perhaps more like a modern shooter where there's a lot of like walking around your home base and talking to people and, and getting, you know, their backstories and different things. Yep. Okay. Let's click again. Okay. <laughs> Rag. Philosophy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My mind went straight to the like, trope of the the janitor who's like all wise and all knowing. Yep. Uh which I'm sure is problematic in some ways around you know glorifying I mean not glor obviously that is a respectable job but anyway that that was where my mind went or or like the 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 goodwill hunting sort of rising from the the working class or the lower class. Rising from something. the working class. Yeah. Or it's um, also there in Gattaca and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I did like the way they, they sort of dealt with that in Gattaca. That was really quite awesome. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, I need to watch it again. But, yeah, there could be something there around, like, a working class person who 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 kind of makes, like, is making their way into the echelons of, of academia or something. Um, we're going very kind of narrative adventure tonight. Yeah, we are. That's okay. So, I'm almost thinking that why don't we go the opposite way? Okay. In the fact that there's like this teacher at this, oh, at this university. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, he's like teaching philosophy and all this sort of stuff. And as you, as you're in, in his class and you, you're listening to what he's saying, some of the things that he's saying is sort of, um, not quite right. Okay. Like, and so when you when you start reading into it, you you can maybe see that he's just reading word for word something off like a Wikipedia article. So this and is so, someone who's faked their way into academia. Yeah, faked their way into academia, and it's all about you know having to try and um, catch this guy out and and <laughs> okay. yeah, just I, I kind of like, like the idea. That I like the idea that this that this guy. Literally, in his own words, goodwill hunting his way into this job. Yeah. And now he's just, like, <laughs> flailing and and trying to, trying to convince- Like, trying to keep the charade up. Uh, yeah. And, and you're kind of breaking- Yeah, you're breaking through it. Okay, I like that. That's, that's a good way to take that. Um, it, it's sort of like just, <laughs> you know, sort of like the, the opposite- The opposite way of- of Looking at it also means that, you know, you can maybe edit the Wikipedia article to add some extra things in, and then you hear him talking about that in the next lesson. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, how does this play out? Is it is it one of these games that sort of, uh, like, a lot of it takes place in, like, instant messaging and email, like, it's kind of a, an interface sort of game. Uh, but, but I like the idea that it's that, but 
it's still this full 3D world, you'll have a scene where, yeah, you're in the lecture and Mm -hmm. the scene is kind of first person, the computer's there, you can sort of see maybe out of focus or like switches back and forth between focusing on the computer, focusing on the, the lecturer- and, 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 but you're having a conversation, yeah, like you're IMing your friends and stuff at the same time, or yeah, editing Wikipedia. Yeah. And, and that's sort of how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm liking that idea. I, I kind of liking also the idea that like it's a university course and you, uh, one of the things that you, you do first up is like you've just come out of the exam and uh-huh. you've done horrible. Okay. You know, like, Pretty much everything that this this guy has told you, you answered the questions though that way, and right. like you didn't pass the exam. So that's so how you like you, start to suspect, perhaps. Yeah, and so it sort of starts out from there, and you're you're doing you know some basic investigation, trying to find out about this guy, and and you know doing some you know sleuthing of, of your own, sort of being able to sort of search for clues on the internet and that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, well, I, I really like this general. So I think like each each sort of scene is you're in a different place and your main focus is on the screen of this computer. But I love the idea of like a fully rendered out of out of focus background. <laughs> like oh, you're yeah. in a coffee shop or you're in your bed and you sort of see the TV flickering in the background or something. Yep. Full ray tracing as well. Like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I mean, the rest of the the, the main gameplay is literally just going to be a UI on the screen. So why not UI two D? But yeah, um, why not why not make the global use of- illumination behind you? Like, you see those you god see rays coming off the TV. <laughs> you can see your ray traced reflection in the screen. It's real time ray trace. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I'm thinking in like the second or third act, like, um, you, you start seeing like some weird things happening on your computer and that sort of stuff. Like mm-hmm. you actually notice that there's like a, there's like a key logger on, on your PC that gets picked up by, by like your, your virus tracker okay. and all this sort of stuff. Yep. Because I think what you've actually stumbled into is the philosophers is actually under witness protection. Oh my God. I was going to go down that same path. Or at least something along those lines. I was going to say yeah. that you, like, you confront the guy and, and, but then, you know, he's got somewhat of a sympathetic story where he did this as a last ditch effort to, like, disguise himself. So whether it's, whether it's full on witness mm. protection or it's that he's on the run in some way. Um, and, and yeah, was like working as a janitor and convinced some old fuddy daddy, um, professor, that he was, uh, you know, an untapped genius, <laughs> um, and then that yeah. professor died, and he just like managed to take his job, um, yeah. And now he's just. But yeah. I-, I was just sort of thinking, like, um, you can, like, depending on the choices that you make, if you if you're really bad at like keeping your tracks, like, you oh, know, covered and all that sort of stuff, kind of, uh, you, like you've got, got, got a couple of different endings. Yeah, a couple of different endings. One that the um, the mobsters who are trying to trying to find this guy actually, you know, catch on to what you've what you've been doing and you've left enough breadcrumbs, they find and kill this guy. Yeah. Or I don't think they're know, mobsters. You- I think I think he's a whistleblower and they're the government. And and it's- because <laughs> yeah, but I'm like fuck those guys. <laughs> As I'm, <usual>. also- <laughs> I'm also liking the idea that um you know it's, it's you know it's sort of like the men in black who are coming to to like put him into into another witness protection if you if you know, you've you've allowed it to um, sort of get out, but well, that's just the other faction of the government. 
and you don't know, like, that could be a fate worse than death. You don't know. It's yeah. so mysterious. Yeah, I think so the I good think ending having, is having that those- you get him off the grid. Yeah. Um, having those couple of different um, endings could actually be really quite cool. Oh, I like- um, it'd be a sort of a poignant scene if you yourself have to get off the grid. And so, like, the final scene is you turning off the computer that you've been playing the whole time. Yeah. And then you see your reflection in the Black Mirror. Yeah, and and then it's then and it's, it's like this was know. an episode of Black Mirror the whole the whole time. Yeah, and uh, beautiful ray trace ret- reflections that all of a sudden you realise it's been ray traced the entire time. Um, then when you, then when you go back through it, kind of like um, you know the the video too many cooks. How if you look in the background, <laughs> you can see stuff that sort of hints at it. Yep. Um, you see stuff that actually hinted at the fact that you were the professor the whole time. <laughs> you were the professor. <laughs> oh right! So you turn off the you turn. You, so in that final scene, you're saying you turn off the screen and you just see the professor's refresh, reflection looking back at you <laughs> somehow. Even though, like in the first scene, the professor was at the front of the the lecture yep. hall. Yeah. Okay. I think that's maybe going a step too far, but that'd be pretty funny. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I do like the idea, though, of, of stuff in the stupid. background hinting to it. Like, particularly if you've got these, like, out-of-focus scenes, you realise, oh, wait, in that coffee shop scene, like, there's a moment where a fucking guy in a black suit and dark glasses sits down at the table opposite and just stays there the entire time and is, like, looking at you over his newspaper. Oh, uh, God, I'm just I'm just imagining if you, if you actually, um, you know, you pay close attention next time you play... You just see this guy staring at you unblinkingly, you know, like Dora-like. <laughs> just in every scene. Just never blinking. Almost like a fringe observer sort of character. Yeah. That could be kind of cool. Cool. Three to one click. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like some of these little interesting narrative ways we're taking it tonight. Yep. Oh, here's something we can uh, run with. Yeah. <laughs> Rapid. Rapid ear movement. <laughs> <laughs> it's how bats dream. <laughs> I was going to say something around dream, but it's like auditory hallucination sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, ooh. Sorry, I'm just picturing- okay, I'm just okay. sorry, just before we move on, I'm just, you know how in rapid eye movement, when you're sleeping, you can, like, see people's eyeballs moving under their eyelids? Yep. I'm just picturing that, but with, like, twitching ears. <laughs> so, they're sleeping, <laughs> and their ears are just twitching. They're like, oh, they're dreaming. They must be dreaming. <laughs> I was actually thinking of a blind character who's, you know, doesn't have any eyes, but they, they have auditory hallucinations when they when they dream. Oh, right. I mean, they probably do, yeah. Okay. Um, You know- I, I, I kind of like the idea that, you know, the doctors sort of call this rapid ear movement instead of rapid eye movement because, you know, obviously their eyes don't need to move because they're not looking at anything. I wonder if- Or anything like that. Blind people still have I'm rapid eye movement. I'm not sure how it all works. Yeah. Um, maybe this is a game where you're going down some rapids, but, the, but yep. you have to use your ears to, like, look out for- <laughs> Which way to go? Is this a Ben custom per- peripheral? Ben's oh, custom peripherals. Yeah, they're called headphones. It's this new thing I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean physically use your ears as the controller. <laughs> I would find that very difficult. I do not have muscular control over my earballs. 
Uh, <laughs> how do you not? <laughs> you need to train do that shit up, man. Is hang low, can you play the can Xbox One? <laughs> Nintendo, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's click again. Three to one click. Tuxedo. Trinity. Ooh. Interesting. Is this a Matrix game? I was thinking that. It's like a Matrix James Bond game. Yeah, I was I was sort of thinking what what would actually happen to to like um James Bond in in the Matrix like there's matrix matrixy things going on and you play a character who isn't actually in hasn't been taken out of the oh. matrix yet so you see some weird shit going on um okay but your character is just continually outside of the um, well is this a parallel story is this one of those stories where you get woken up during the course of this game uh and find out about the Matrix. But, yeah, like, initially, um, you are you are not aware. I do like the idea of a kick-ass super spy who's sort of- Maybe they're, like, discovering the, the limitations of the Matrix themselves because they're doing such, like, all, you know, intense stunts and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, re- you know, they find these spots where they can, like, defy gravity or- there's a glitch or, you know, they're running into agents or whatever and, and realizing something is amiss. Um, yeah. Is this, oh, I don't, I, there's probably backstory that I'm not aware of. Maybe this is Trinity's backstory. Maybe she oh, okay. was like a kick-ass spy before she was woken by Morpheus. What she originally worked for. Like um, in the 80s or something. I, I'm, I'm picturing that what she- when you first um, see her, she's just wearing, like, this black tuxedo. Yeah. And she's walking into this thing. And it turns out that she's actually working for, like, the men in black. <laughs> um, okay. Investigating, like- So, un- investigating uh, aliens and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And what they think is aliens. Like- Yeah. So, so when she actually gets um, pulled out, she goes, ah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so, there's no, there's no actual aliens. And they go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just that one that Mouse programmed in and managed to slip in as a virus. Yeah. Um, so but it, but, I it, but like it only, it only grabbed cows and probes. And- um, uh, I really like the idea that um, Morpheus and, and them are just really fucking, fucking with Trinity. Like, <laughs> and, and all the men in black. Like, they just keep on programming all these things into the into this matrix. Um, yeah. Just to fuck with them and just to see who would actually be Well, it's like a test. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Okay, I love this Matrix Men in Black crossover. Like, it's full on both both universes. Yeah. Um, and Trinity was a man in black. Or, a, of course, woman in black. Woman in black. I, I think they still- I can't remember. Did they, oh, did they address that in the, in the new one? Yes, they did. Oh, I can't remember. They did. I did see um, it. But- I only watched it on the weekend. And oh, okay. you know what? It did not deserve all the bad press that no, it got. I thought it was fine. Whatever. People, it's the same old shit. Like, people people have rose-coloured glasses for the originals. They're just fun fucking alien blasting movies. Like, it was was good. I enjoyed it. I I thought, um, you know, Chris Hemsworth, he's a national treasure. He's awesome. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
He's funny as all hell. And he, he says in one thing, he, he just looks over at Tess Thompson and goes, oh, woman in black. <laughs> you know, right, sort of thing, right. pandering to the- to the whole thing. Emma Thompson is going through the whole thing, you know, sort of going- Oh, God, she's- Yeah, mad. I know. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, she is a woman in black. Uh, I do like the idea that it's, like, in the, like, mid to late 80s. Because um, then by the time- Oh, by the time period of The Matrix, that was that's, like, 99. So, if, if we take it by when the movie came out. So, it's that's about 10 years later. Um, yeah. So yeah, like mid to late. 80s. She was a young agent, like she yeah, was only yeah, yeah, you know yeah. nineteen or so when they took her when they took her on. Yeah, I um, mean, like like is often the case. Is sort of she was she showed potential. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do like the idea that it's sort of like it starts off as as like a Men in Black sort of thing, and you see. I love this idea that you sell it as a Men in Black game, and then spring the fact that it's a Matrix crossover on people. <laughs> <laughs> Because I would fucking, I would love a kick-ass Men in Black game where you play this woman who's like rising through the ranks or like or like training in Men in Black. That's yep. fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and you you see like this weird shit of you know these these people fighting and they're just sort of fighting on the walls and running along the walls and all this sort of stuff and dodging bullets really quickly and it's like you know. It, it feels very, very alien-like, and it turns out that, no, they were agents versus, yeah, yeah. versus like, the Matrix sort of guys, and there's just something weird about these aliens in this in this game. But I, I do like the idea of seeing, you know, the typical building from, from New York City and that sort of stuff um, from Men in Black. Maybe it maybe it's got a brand-new um, crisp, you know- uh, coat of paint so it it looks like a brand new building you know still suburban-y um with a big fan and all that sort of stuff yeah but it, it just looks brand new so sorry i'm just looking it up they they literally in all of matrix canon have not said trinity trinity's real name so that's actually perfect um yeah because yeah you can like bring that in later that uh, you know, maybe as as a man in black, she's she's like a, a super good hacker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's part of what she does to 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 find people and or to find these aliens and track them yep. down. But yeah, like at some point, she gets the nickname Trinity and 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 players is like, oh, that's a bit of a weird like thing. They're like they're, they're ripping off the Matrix. <laughs> oh, you know what? What in this in this world? Like we can we can sort of take what they did in the Matrix and sort of expand a little bit. Okay. In this particular Matrix that she was in, like there's not actually one Matrix. It's like she was in another facility where aliens did actually exist in this other Matrix. Oh, like, okay. And You're so saying she that got pulled like, out. There's multiple servers. <laughs> yeah, multiple servers. Um, she was in in like an experimental server farm. Yep. Um, yep. And this one included aliens and, and yeah. weird shit oh, sort of going that. on. Because the, the robots were, like, experimenting to say, all right, will these humans stay happy if we give them, like, all this fanciful shit to do? And, yep. like, this world with, with paranormal stuff and with- uh, or, or at least, yeah, with, with, with alien invasions and different things. And then when you get broken out in, like, the middle act, you know, 
and you get to go into some of the other the other matrices like <laughs> well, you finally I, I love the, it's like all these other movie universes it's like okay here's the one where they let people have superpowers and it's all fucking mcu stuff uh, yeah. You, yeah and and you don't you don't mention it as, as, no, as God, no. you know mcu it, it's just you know you you see like oh there's some weird mutants over there <laughs> well yeah you see like a red like and gold an blur fly across the sky <laughs> or yeah yeah and it, and it's it's sort of like um just being able to to see these different these different universes um and then then you end up you know sort of closing down all those ones and there's just one more universe left and then when you go in you see like Mr Anderson and it's the, it, that's what right. sort of, yeah. you know, she's, she's now trying to close down this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? I love it. I love it. Um, particularly because, yeah, I look and I, I still want some of the James Bondy stuff in there, but like that can be as her work. Uh, well, that can be another, another one of the universes. I mean, I guess like- that could be one of the universes. <laughs> Like she so goes in there, and, this, like, and, like parallel this- universe hopping matrix game. Yeah, yeah, and and I do like the idea that like these are the experimental ones. So there's, um, you know, only a only a much smaller um, number of people in yeah, that are actually yeah, in yeah. these. Yeah, um, because they were only experiments to see whether whether they were actually better for, um, you know, producing power instead of the um. Instead of the oh, absolutely, and you can have um, a scene, prime matrix. You can have a scene where they see like one of the one of the the failed universes, and it's just all these like corpses hanging off these vines because they shut it down. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> you travel through this one, and it's and it's literally like overgrown, to almost like um, the Last of Us. Right. You know, yeah. Everything's everything's covered in. In, oh, um, like in the in the universe, it is in, in the, the universe. In, they forgot to shut it down. It's got like a, <laughs> it's just got it, background. All the cities are running. overgrown, and there's nothing in there, and they and just, they're all like zombies in there, sort of thing. Oh, almost and that's a Walking the zom- Dead. Okay, sort of and thing. there's a zombie. Right, that's how you make a zombie world. It's like the robots. Like something went wrong when they shut down this failed experiment, and so the consciousness of the of all the people who are in it is still attached, but like they can't control their bodies properly like it's not yeah there's there's glitches in the way that their minds are attached into it oh that's yeah. cool that's I mean, fucking awesome how, how many fucking games could you actually make I'm, out of this I'm before you like, actually get to the prime game like nah. this is a this is a franchise you you want you want <laughs> one one game in each of the universes and it's basically about, like the yeah. next the next episode is like okay now you're in the ghostbusters universe and i know like this is basically like quantum leap but but with the Matrix, like you make this an episodic uh, game series where yeah you like license a a, a, a cinematic or, or game universe every single time, and you're just Trinity jumping in and out of this world and back into the the like out of the Matrix world where you've got your team and stuff. Yeah, finding oh, I'm just solving different like, problems. You, you turn up and it's like the Game of Thrones. One and you, yeah. you're going up against the White Walkers, which are just um, like agents. The agents, yeah, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and- every antagonist in every fucking uh, in every world is just they're just agents. They're just trying yeah. to keep the humans happy, give them something to do. 
Oh, I just can't wait to go into the Firefly universe. That'd just be amazing. <laughs> just a full-on Star Travel one, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like it. Uh, how much fun- why- <laughs> I feel you like have you so much fun that with these that. Like- with, the, with the amount of, like, cross-licensing stuff they do these days, I feel like- I feel like someone could pull that off. I'm not yeah. sure who's the- who the right company for that is currently. Uh, who's doing, like- I mean, I guess, like, because it has to be someone, it has to be a company who turned it around pretty quickly, too. Uh, but, but's doing, is doing good sort of third person action y adventure stuff. Yeah. I mean, would you, would you give it to, um, who was it, Insomniac, or would you give it yeah, to? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, who was it? Like Remedy or something like yeah, that. You know, yeah. Or- yeah. 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 Either of them, I think. Either of them, yep. I think, would be good. They'd, they'd knock it out of the park, for sure. Um, who did- um, I'm trying to think who actually did, like, the new Jedi Fallen Order game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Shit. I've got the fucking game. I should actually know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Respawn. Respawn. That was the other one. Um, That's I reckon who I was also even thinking of. That's who I was thinking of when you said Remedy. <laughs> I was uh, thinking of Respawn. No, Remedy did- Remedy control. did control and, and they're the- uh, Yes. And Quantum Break. And so, again, you know, good people. good quality. Yeah, 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 games. for sure. No, they'd um, be good too. But, yes, Respawn would also be awesome. And that, that's literally who I was thinking of. I got them mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be awesome. Cool. Um, All right. Again, Ray Trace, though. <laughs> I, Just because I you've got a fucking 30, 50, 60, whatever graphics card. And yeah, I have a 2080 Super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just you know what else is ray traced? So, the world. What? Take your head out of your computer, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I showed you Quake Two RTX last week, and all right, you know, actually pretty damn good. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, click. Yep. Snipe. Spirit. I kind of like the idea that this is a sniper. Mm-hmm. Who has been haunted by the um Ooh. by the people that he that he killed? Okay, um, and so it's sort of a um, I'm it's thinking like it's a, a first person sort of horror, like or psychological horror. Yeah, of, you know, reliving. I'm picturing a bit these. of um, Spec Ops: The Line. Like it's it's both a traditional like first person sniping game but also is is criticizing those types of games for their yep. their kind gratuitous of gratuitous violence violence. yeah exactly and uh, lack of empathy yeah yeah so giving you something to think about um but okay, also putting you like- up against your or- you know you have the order to to kill this person or whatever like there's a reason you're doing it I know we've done these sort of things before about having, like, flashbacks and that sort of stuff and a lot of these things happening in flashbacks. Yeah. But I like it that, you know, it's this this kindly old grandpa who's, you know, all all nice and happy and you find out that he was actually, like, this this sniper in, in like, World War Two or something like that. And, you know, he's he's talking about all these experiences that he had, but he's- as as you go through each of these experiences, you realise that he's still being haunted by these memories, sort of thing. I kind of like the idea and that, so- yeah, it's this it's this kindly old grandpa. He's on his deathbed. He's surrounded by all these people, 
that you assume are his loved ones. But as these flashbacks start happening, you realize that these people are the people he killed. Yeah. And one by one- He was actually of, a hired assassin yeah, sort of thing. So one by it's one, like, they're kind of disappearing as he sort you're, of goes, you're seeing goes the, through their stories in some way. Oh, and then like- the person who you think is his wife the whole time. It was like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith sort of gun battle that- <laughs> She just kills him. <laughs> she just offs him. Well, finally. No, like, he, he, he ends up, you know, killing her and then, you know, his, his, you know, wife sort of just fades away as well. Like, you know, or, turns or out that they were- <laughs> she's the one person there who isn't a ghost. But, you, but of course, as you've been going through this, you're just expecting everyone to disappear- and then, like, she, it she goes just through her the pillow story. And just shoves it, it on her face. It goes through her story. <laughs> like, it goes through her story. You expect it to disappear. You've realized, oh, she's actually here. And then it shows that you've got, like, a silenced gun under your blanket. <laughs> it's like you have to decide whether to kill her or not. Because <laughs> that's your mission. <laughs> it turns like, out I that, never, you know, all, the, it may all have these taken years- me, It may have taken me 57 years, but I never, I never fail a mission. <laughs> <laughs> she just grabs the pillow, puts it over his face, and then he shoots her in the stomach. <laughs> God. <laughs> Except it turns out that, like, that was the plan the whole time, and, you know, the kids get the life insurance, and <laughs> they both had terminal cancer. <laughs> okay, we just went a little bit stupid with that. Let's, let's go back to the original idea of-, the, of oh, um, oh, okay. All right. I don't know. I, um, I, yeah. I do, do like the idea of this-, this um, sort of guy being haunted by these these ghosts. Well, and I think th- I think you could do the thing with the whole deathbed thing. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and the ghosts like disappearing. Um, and and you could sit without the without the stupid ending. I like that kind of uh, uh, you know you play with it then of the last person doesn't disappear like they're actually there. Um, yeah, but um, the character that you play. I'm just wondering whether that character is actually one of the victims as well. So, um, you actually play, you know, one of his early victims or one of his later later victims. Um, oh, and your character sort of wait, hang on. So are you saying the that the flashbacks you go through, then you f- you assume they're from the perspective of the character in the bed with all these ghosts around mm-hmm. them. But actually, they're from the perspective of that last person who doesn't disappear, and it turns out they're the assassin, and you're their last victim. Could be. It's like I'm, a, and I'm back Wasn't to finish it? the job. You, um, they failed. They they didn't manage to kill you, and that's why you're in the hospital. Yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking it's almost like a, um, you know, a princess bride sort of thing of this guy, uh, this you know, grandfatherly fatherly figure telling telling this um this kid all these stories about what what actually went down. But the, uh, the final story that he sort of tells okay. is is of of this um, final thing where um, the character that he was actually assigned to kill was was the, the kid. kid, the kid who you know that you're um, you've been sort of assuming is is you know his grandson or whatever. But it turns out that he's he's like the um the son of of like the next Hitler or something like that. So yeah, oh. it was sort of like a um. Some some sort of an assassination attempt that ended up the kid got killed instead of the father or whatever. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I do also like your idea about you know the final the final character actually being an assassin. 
And that was you the entire time? Or yeah, whatever. that is their and flashbacks so- you've been playing as. And even though your view from- Well, and it doesn't even- Maybe it's not first person just to sort of obfuscate that a little bit more. Um, you see, yeah, this- this, this, maybe not a boy, but like, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, and I guess if you're doing the flashback, so you see someone of about the same age, I guess, um, yeah. in the bed with all these people surrounding them, it's going through these flashbacks, they're dying, they disappear from around the bed and yeah, the player assumes, oh, like this person in the bed killed all these people and, and this is mm-hmm. like their story. But yeah, then the, the last flashback. And all the flashbacks are in first person, of course. Um, yeah. You see your victim, you see the final victim, and it's the person who's in the bed. <laughs> and you just, but you just wing them. Um, <laughs> you hit them in the spine, and that's why they're in bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then it like comes back to the, hotel, the hospital room, and it's like, that's right, I'm here to finish the job. You, you're my like final kill, and uh, before I get out of this business for for good and run away to Mexico, um, and then John Wick <laughs> comes up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't have killed my dog. <laughs> this is this is, no, this is like John Wick. The, this is uh. Totally, John Wick the uh, the prequel or whatever. Like, didn't he? The prequel. He, he was an assassin then, then, and he got out, right? Yeah, and then he then he picks up the dog and just walks out, and it's like the exact same dog from from like <laughs> from like um, from the movie. What's the called? from movie. the from the first movie? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one, click. One All final. Right. Okay. Bouncing cube. Bouncing cube. Well, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's real basic improv game design because that's literally the first thing any game developer makes is a bouncing cube. Fire up yep. Unity, attach one script. No, oh, it jumps. Yay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, is this kind of like Super Mario Galaxy, except instead of spheres, you're jumping between cubes <laughs> of some sort? And each cube is a level. Is this a like cross between Commander Keen and the um and the movie Cube? In that <laughs> okay. you've got a pogo stick and you're in like this deadly trap. And otherwise it's it's just cube, but you've got a pogo stick and a helmet. Yeah. Um how would that work from a gameplay like what are you doing? Well, I'm just thinking- Bouncing, obviously. Um, so, I'm wondering if it's kind of like the view of, like, Fez. Like, you know, okay, how you can yep. rotate it round. Yep, yep. You're like on an um, orthographic, fla- like an orthographic yeah, so, view from one, one direction and you can rotate it around. Okay. Yep. So, you're playing like the typical um, Commander Keen style platform levels. Yep. Yep. Um, but you can- Sort of like as you're making your way through these these traps and stuff, you can like rotate it round to um to see the next area that you like to go into into the into the background. You can actually rotate the whole thing round. You're still going on on like a two dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think we'd have to obviously make the the level design a bit more interesting than the movie Cube, which is literally oh, mostly yeah. empty cubes. Uh, yes. But okay, I kind of. I could get behind that general. It's idea. like this. It's this massive, you know, trap, trap-based levels and all that sort of stuff. So, 
each each level has um has a theme like laser beams or um you know you can't make noise in this level otherwise you you know spikes spikes come out and sort yeah. of um, so you have to find a silencer for your pogo stick. Well, I'm thinking in that level you can't use the pogo stick unless you have oil to oil the spring <laughs> so it doesn't go squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh, what what else could there be? Like you you can't um you can't raise the temperature, so you, you've got to like move slowly so that you, you don't sweat too much. <laughs> um <laughs> This, There's a room uh, where, you yeah. know, you have to raise the temperature. Otherwise, if it gets too cold, then. <laughs> There's a room where you have to go 55 miles per hour or you exploit. Yeah, uh, so the, spe- the speed level, yep. 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 Uh, speed two, where it's on a boat. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then speed three when you're on the Starship Enterprise and you must go f- warp 55 or uh, you will blow uh, up. Um, warp five. No, warp fifty-five. I know that that's no beyond- such thing. No, in this game. Well, technically, if we're talking like the the original, um, the You're original five point like, five times to Star like, Trek, then you know the original Star Trek had a different um, warp like speeds. You've got a spore so drive, all right? <laughs> oh, You've got a fucking worm story. drive. There's a uh, that fucking story of discovery. It annoyed the fuck out of me. It's fine. All right. That was- Yeah, the show's okay, but fine. I just didn't like the spore drive. I'm like, oh, stop, stop it with, like, earlier Star Trek. Just go for future Star Trek where you can change as much as you want and it doesn't really matter. Picard, motherfucker. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, I think we'll call it this episode. <laughs> oh, we're tangenting. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to finish there. Picard, motherfucker. Picard, motherfucker. <laughs> If you want to find us online, we're at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. You can find all of our socials there, all our previous episodes, uh, guest appearances of other shows we've been on. There have been uh, a few here and there. Uh, we're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasts, pop culture related, and uh, we're sort of all just under that 8-Bit umbrella. Uh, go to 8bit.net and check out the other shows. Check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They're a group of like-minded individuals who just want to help each other. And, yeah, lots of cool gaming podcasts out there. Just check out at AGP Network on Twitter or Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Git merge minus minus force this level. Ha 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 ha. Git reset minus hard. Ooh.